Hey, welcome to episode 70 of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. It's a lot of episodes. It is. That's pretty amazing, actually. Uh, this week, and we're going to actually kind of start a little series about rules in writing and how to break them. Yeah. Because there are, quote, rules that we're supposed to not do and do and whatnot. And so we're going to talk about different ones. And uh, this week we thought we would do the starting of your novel rules and we didn't even touch them. So we could actually probably do several episodes just on the rules of starting your novel, but we'll, we could, we'll get into what we've, we've got and we'll go from there. Um, How was your week? Uh, It's been good. We've been traveling. Um, We're together this week. We are. Our week is the same. Yeah. Uh, So lots of traveling, um, which means lots of good food um lots of drinking um mm-hmm. and and very relaxing because I'm not doing grad school stuff and I'm not getting pestered at by my advisors so um, I'm still working but it's a lot more relaxed yeah and if I want to go and watch a movie with you we've, we spent all day yesterday which was Sunday yes watching horror movies all day I think I watched more movies yesterday than I have in like an entire year <laughs> just because I don't normally watch movies I'll toss on a show mm-hmm. and like be writing or working on a time and have it on in the background right yeah. so I watched more movies yesterday than I have in like forever yeah it was good it was a good day yeah um so same with my week because we're together mm-hmm. right uh what are you eating and drinking um, I'm drinking the Corona Fog, which I think um, you talked about maybe last episode or something. Maybe or the one you're before. visiting your friend that does it. Yeah. So and I've actually got a video of it that I need to post for y'all to see. I might incorporate it into this um, YouTube session somewhere, maybe at the end. Oh, that would on, work. on how to make one. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a Corona beer with like a shot of tequila in it and then lime juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty good. What about you? What are you drinking? I am drink. I've been drinking. So I started <laughs> off with my wine as usual, mm-hmm. and now I've graduated. I tried to make a, a cosmopolitan, but being on keto, it was really way too sweet. I couldn't. I had to dump it out. Oh, so yeah. Now I'm just drinking a vodka soda. Right. Okay. Well, so. I have jokes. Oh, of course you do. Let's hear them. Since we're talking about rules, I tried to come up with jokes about rules. Okay. So growing up in Scotland, my family had one rule, never run with bagpipes. It could put out an eye and worse, you could get kilt. (laughs) K-I-R-T. That's pretty good. I thought that was cute. What do you call a writer who doesn't follow the rules of sentence structure? What? A rebel without a clause. (laughs) I love it. And the last one, what would Gandalf have said if the Lord of the Rings took place in a shopping center instead of Middle Earth? Hmm. One ring to rule them all. Oh, <laughs> that one's cheesy. They're, they're all cheesy, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> okay, writing rules. Yes, tell me about them. So there are always rules when it comes to pretty much anything. Like everything. Yeah. Um, some rules are helpful and and there are great reasons for why those rules quote rules came about. Some rules are not as helpful and can be subjective. Right. Um, which I think is pretty true of any kind of writing. It's all subjective. We are the author. We can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want, especially I think with, um, with self-publishing these days, you're mm-hmm. way more free to write your story exactly as you want it, mm-hmm. where agents might be like, you know what? I don't like that. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, so we're going to do several episodes on different rules because there are so many of them mm-hmm. and um, talk about how to break them and should you break them and should they even be rules to begin with. Yeah. So rules about starting your novel. The first one I came across was don't ever start your novel with death. Fair. Yeah. So the first person your reader meets is going to be the person they bond with. And I guess it'd be really unfortunate if you just murder them right off. I mean, you think of horror movies. There's differences between movies and writing. Well, in genre is a big thing, too. Like, Mm -hmm. you could probably get away with it in a horror horror novel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, generally the reader is going to connect with that first person that they meet. And so if you kill them off, that might be a problem. Mm The there is a former agent, Nathan Bransford, who says opening with a death is, quote, a turnoff for the agent because, one, it's just so common. And two, it can feel like a cheap way to provoke the reader. It doesn't quite feel earned, end quote. That's fair. I to be honest, though, I don't think that I can think of a story that started with a death that I've read, I guess. Yeah. Which is, you know, potentially limited. Um, but yeah, no, I. Which I, is surprising because we read fantasy and all of that. And you would think there would be more chances of that happening in a fantasy or urban fantasy mo- novel. Yeah. Than there would be in a just, you know, straight, regular mainstream novel. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, urban and urban fantasy and fantasy tend to. The rules don't quite apply the same way as they do for regular fiction. Right. But I can't think off the top of my head of one that has started with death either. That was memorable enough for me to go, oh, yeah, that was a great beginning. Yeah, I guess the only things that I can really think of are the horror Mm -hmm. novels. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I guess it's like, you know, you just want to avoid a cliche. So maybe it used to be a cliche Mm -hmm. um, and it used to be way more common. And now it's really just like, oh, we don't want that anymore Mm -hmm. because it's been done a billion times Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that your second point is really important for a lot of this episode. Like you don't want your reader to feel cheated. You don't want to cheat your reader out of the emotions that they could feel for a death, especially if you put it on the very first page. Yeah. The beginning of your novel is huge. It's got to be the, probably the most strategic point of your book because it either hooks your reader or they put it down and never pick it up again. Mm-hmm. And we did do an episode on how to start your novel. We did. So you can go check that one out too. It's a different uh, slant than what we're talking about here. Um, but it is, it's a super important part. Um, I also think about, you know, we're talking about different genres, right? Police dramas. You know, when you're thinking oh, like of CSI, yeah, or like they NCIS, always start with a death. They have to, right? And it's not the main character. Yeah. But generally with CSI or NCIS or whatever it is, we're, we already know the characters. Right. So it's not like starting off a novel. They're just starting off a chapter, so right. to speak. Right. Which I think you can do a chapter with a death. I think that's way easier with, yeah, with like series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I bring that up somewhere in here is like you can do a lot of these no, no beginnings with a series. Yeah. And with chapters as well within a single book. Right. The more, the farther you get into your book, the less these rules apply to starting things. Absolutely. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that you can't use death. Um, sometimes it's even necessary, depending on what your plot lines are, what it is you're trying to do with the novel. I've seen where the whole novel is a point, the point of view of the dead person. And so, oh, right. I mean, know, lovely bones. 
I haven't read that one. I have. It's very sad. But the, but, the whole yeah. book is from her point of view. And she's already dead. Yes. Does she it, was murdered. Does it start with her murder? I don't remember. I don't okay. think so. I think she's already dead, but I, I don't remember. It's I read it in high school, and that's like 10 years ago. So. But I can see how that would work. Right. You know, depending on the job, and you don't want it to be overdone, and you don't want it to be cliche, but I can definitely see how it would work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, also in urban fantasy, it, given that a lot of things in urban fantasy don't come about until you die, like vampires. Right. Or zombies. Right. Um, you know, I can see that. It makes me think of um, um, Yes. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so I've been drinking she's, all afternoon. She's had a few drinks. It's okay. Um, I, I, at any rate, I think that you should decide and think about how to do it if you're going to do it. Because even the oh, I was turned into a vampire and this is my life now is kind of cliched as well. Right. I I would agree with that. I think it still sounds like a fun idea. And I was trying to think of examples where I had seen novels that did that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only one that I could maybe think of is Chicagoland Vampires, which I don't think you've read. I have not read that. Um, I think it starts with her getting turned into a vampire and then like what happens from there on out. Um, And I really enjoyed that series. See, and um, I can see that being an example of when death would be appropriate. Right. Mm-hmm. I think urban fantasy, like you said, we can bend the rules a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier to bend those rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Generally, using death at the beginning is overdone, but um, you know that doesn't mean that it can't be done. But you could think about different ways of using that death. You know, say it is an urban fantasy where mm-hmm. it's a vampire. Use it as backstory, right? Like you were talking about Lovely Bones. It sounds like yeah. her death was backstory as opposed to the actual start of the novel, right? Right. Um, you know, you can use it later so that we actually care about the person who's died because if you start off with them dying, we're like, who the hell cares? Yeah, exactly. we don't know this person. Yeah. No, um, I agree. I also think that you could probably start a novel with like a funeral. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that that is potentially cliche, but I think mm-hmm. depending on how you do it, you know, it's not a death scene and you can get across a lot of information about your characters. Um, so your main character is obviously going to be there with this death that's happened and how they react to that death will tell you a lot about them. That's true. I've seen what was that movie? Something about something about a funeral and the whole movie took place around this funeral death at a funeral it might have been death at a funeral <laughs> how appropriate and that might have been what it was and that the whole book or movie was at that funeral so yeah. you had to start it there because that's where the whole book took place right right um so another thing that you that they say as a rule for not starting a novel with is the weather there was a dark and stormy it night it was a dark uh-huh. and star- stormy night yeah um, in reading, our reader generally needs emotion to get pulled into a plot. So, yeah. And I feel like, you know, the weather can set a mood. Definitely. But it's not relevant to characters until we've been introduced to them. And, and unless it is, I mean, and there are times when it is, but, you know, setting that scene is important, especially when you're talking about fantasy and urban fantasy where they are not even in this world. So you've definitely got to set you know, what if it rains purple rain? And that's important to know, but it's also... I think that would be important to know later, though. Well, yeah, it might not be important at the very beginning unless the purple rain is tangential right 
to that point, to the whole point of the novel. That's fair. You know, but, but I think that's like just the fact that you're trying to show, oh, it rains purple here is not a reason to start with weather. I agree. Yeah. I think I think that could be introduced later. So I think it's just like, you know, depending on what information you need to get, need to get across, I think it's essential to get your characters there. I think so, too. You know, we're always bombarded with, you know, right with your senses. I think we did an episode, if not on all senses, at least one of them. Right. And we're all taught that you use the five senses to get the details across. Yeah. But we need more in reading a book in the beginning of the book than just that picture that it's painting in our head. Yeah. We've got to, you know, quote, give a crap about what's going on in the book rather than just the weather that's happening. Now the weather can set, it it can be used effectively as long as it ties somehow into your character and the plot. I agree. I just think that you can always do a character action mm-hmm. before the before you ever like introduce weather. Well, and you can do the character action in the weather. In the weather, right? Yeah, yeah. I think characters are like essential. Yeah, uh, at the beginning of a novel. Yeah, and I that's mean, really what we're you you might use the weather, but it needs to be tied to the character's reaction to it or whatever. something like that. Right? Yeah. We, we need to know what's happening in the story rather than just the fact that it's raining or whatever. Right. Right. And this isn't to say it can't be done. I did in this research, I found a, a first sentence to a story that was very interesting and it did start kind of with the weather. The sentence was, it was a cyberpunk story. And apparently this is a book that actually set the tone for all future cyberpunk books which I've never read it so I might have to go back and read it do you know what it's called I don't I'll have to post it I don't remember but the the sentence was the sky above the port was the color of television tuned to a dead channel I like that I do like that as the start of a of a story just because it tells you so many different things first of all it sets that mood the tone for the novel um, there might not be a character involved, but we know the setting now. We're at a port. And it's, so now it's, we're like, why are we at a port? It's a hook. Right. And, and that whole dead channel thing, what a way to put that. Absolutely. I think that's a really good example of like using weather or setting as mm-hmm. a story beginner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, generally though, what, what the reader's looking for is human contact. So be aware of that when you're writing weather as a beginning. Right. Um, if the scene is the way the character is reacting to the weather, that's probably fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or if you're at one of those, you know, your father, my dad, my, my dad, my husband. <laughs> wow. Wow. Shouldn't have drank so early before starting this. Um, he likes those end of the world type movies and mm. books. And often the weather is the whole point of the entire book. Like that's true. Earthquake or a hurricane or a tornado. Right. That kind of thing. Okay. Well then, yeah, the weather might be important. It just depends on how you word it. I think characters are still introduced first in a lot of those movies, though. And I then think it's like, so. you know, how is this going to affect that character's life? And that's why we care about the weather. Yeah. And that's why we care about the person in the weather. Yeah. And, you know, well, we'll get to it later. But I remember at one of our seminars, they were talking about if you don't care what's happening to this person. Then I'm not going to read it. Then why read it? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this and ways that you could use weather as the beginning of your novel. And, you know, what if your main character gets struck by lightning? 
Oh yeah. You know, something like that. That could be the entire inciting incident. Right. Or for urban fantasy, like what if your main character controls the weather? Oh, you know, something like that. So you could, you know, there's always ways to break these rules. That's true. uh, Which is the point of these episodes. That's true. So another thing, and I think we all have heard this one dreams. Yeah. You know, dreams can definitely give you that hook Yeah. because they can be bizarre and shocking and, you know, dreams are not bound by the confines of the world. But if it quote turns out to be a dream, you're going to piss off your, your readers. Yeah, I think that's where the, you know, the quote unquote cheated feeling comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, you get all excited about the weird things that are happening and then poof, they, it's not actually real. It's not a real thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Just kidding. Right. JK, JK. JK, JK. Um, it, it is a challenge to make uh, the dream pertinent. Yeah. I, well, I could see that. But also, like, if we're writing urban fantasy, uh, there are lots of ways to make it pertinent. Like there's fortune tellers. I was like just about to say or, prophecies. Right. Although prophecies are cliched too. They are cliche too. So be careful. Right. Um, but yeah, your point of fortune telling that, that could be very, very important to the whole entire plot of the book. Mm-hmm. And so it may be a way to use a dream scene to, to get that way, especially if, you know, it could be one of those twisty things where you think, oh, it was a dream and you're slightly disappointed. You have to write it carefully. And then it turns out it wasn't a dream or it turns out that the dream comes true, you know, because it was a foretelling type thing. Right. But in order for this to work, you do need to have that uh, character that we care about have an immediate link between the dream and whatever happens next. Right. Right. Um, it, it's got to be tied very closely um and to set up the plot yeah yeah and it's also often seen as lazy by um agents and publishers so you want to be aware of that you know i think it's i think it's interesting that it's seen as lazy uh you know cliche yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um disappointing yes i don't really see how it's like lazy though because you're able to get all kinds of these funky ideas or set this scene and get your reader hooked. It's a lazy way to hook. Oh, a lazy reader. way to hook. I see. Um, and Cause you can do anything, this extravagant yeah, thing and then yeah. not actually adhere to the rules that you're setting within the yeah. dream. There's no gravity mm. and your readers going, Oh cool. This is going to be a world with no gravity. And we're back to JK, JK. Right. No. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Um, it is possible though. And I, you know, I think often of horror movies, where a dream can be relevant. It's just challenging to do it well. I feel like the way that you would have to do it would be prophetic. You know, it'd have to be a prophetic mm-hmm. dream. And even then, like, that's cliche. Well, and I'm not saying there's not a way to do it that I, I haven't thought about. I haven't thought about you it know, yet. There may be a brilliant way to do it. That's fair. That we would all be going, oh, my God, why didn't we think of this? Right. So it, it can be done. It's just you need to be aware of what is already out there and what is already cliched before you try to do it yourself. Yeah, definitely. Also, you know, I think we talked about this cheating our readers. Uh, It it can be seen as a lie in your reader's mind. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. If the dream shows something and then doesn't follow through on it, like I was talking about where no gravity or you can fly or something else. Right. And they're all excited about it and hooked into your story. And And then then suddenly it's it's not actually anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something don't, don't alienate your readers because they will put down your book and not read it. Right. Or not finish it. Um, dialogue. 
So you can start with dialogue, um, but you want to do it in a way that helps your reader understand the story and its characters, which is back to what you were talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, dialogue, dialogue can be problematic. Wow, guys, I am so sorry. Uh, it can be problematic alone because the reader has no idea, number one, who's talking. And number two has no context for how the words might be said. Like, is this being sarcastically said? Is And you, we don't know the characters yet. We don't know how they're saying these words. Right. You know, um, this is that. Remember that talking head thing? You talked about this in one of our episodes before about the talking head where it's like this floating head. There's right. no connection. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that has to do with. Uh, first of all, lack of like dialogue tags. So again, you don't know who mm-hmm. is talking. You don't know what is going on um, and a lack of action. I think action is really important for mm-hmm. um, dialogue in general. I think so too. I mean, somehow you got to tie it to the plot yeah. and the characters for it to be worth using. Right. You know, where is the character conversation taking place? What time of day is it? Who else is around? Um, what's the scene? Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to start with just words. Yeah. Uh, but it, it can be done. Um, make sure whatever the dialogue is, is meaningful in the broader context of the story. So it shouldn't just be, hi, Bob, how are you today? I'm right. fine. How are you? Right. <laughs> no, I agree with that completely. I think if it's not relevant to your overall story, then don't start with it in general. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. You can hint, if you can hint at the coming conflict problem or challenge, then that's great. Yeah. It, it can be done. Also think about the number of people who are talking, because that could be really confusing if you're starting off with dialogue and there's six people and our reader knows none of these I think people. that would be really overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Um, it reminds me about Buffy. Um, there was a scene where the reader, the readers, the writers talked about, how they had written dialogue for Xander. Yeah. But it was supposed to be, uh, but it came across as coming from Willow. Oh. See, and so that that's something that the reader needs to know from the tone of the voice and the tone of the the dialogue. Which we don't know at the beginning of which the Which you don't know at the beginning. Right. Yeah. So um, think about that. And if you do try to start a book with this, then, you know, you've got to, somehow have something for your writer, your reader. Wow. You're struggling a little I bit. I am struggling. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, to grasp onto in order to know what the character's saying, how the character's saying it, what they're trying to get across. Yeah. I, which, you know, I think dialogue tags would help a lot with that. Uh, again, you know, you say, you know, Sarah said, blah, we, we don't know who Sarah is. Yeah. Why do we care, about, do Sarah? We care about Sarah? Yeah. Right. Um, I had another point to say, but now I'm like almost done with my Corona blog and I've forgotten that point. So I will let you continue. Okay. Um, it, it actually reminds me of using names in dialogue. Cause you might be tempted to do that. Oh, well, I'll just say it is Sarah. Oh, Sarah, how are you today? Oh, I see. But trying to overcome the issue by saying, Oh, James, the sky is blue just to get the name in there is problematic too. I remember what I was going to okay. say. So I was talking about dialogue tags to get across and we don't know who Sarah is. So Mm -hmm. like, we don't really care about Sarah action helps. So I know we are going to talk about action in a minute. um, And we've talked about it in that episode before about how to start your novel. Mm -hmm. So action can help you start with dialogue. So you can have a piece of dialogue and then insert some action in there. That's true. Um, And that can help us get to know 
the character that can help your reader kind of connect like, oh, this is a person and we're talking about this one person. Well, and I like dialogue that comes across right off the bat as snarky. I mean, you know right. me, I'm, I've got that humor bent to me. And right. So if it's a funny thing and then followed immediately by action, especially if the action and the comment are, are both a little sarcastic. Yeah, you know? I, I love that. So I can see where it would work. I, I feel like that's, um, you know, you can use dialogue at the beginning as long as you show characterization. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, really good I could think it, I think it can actually be amazingly done. Right. And I actually thought I might have done it. And I went back and started looking at all my books and I haven't started a single one with dialogue. Gotcha. 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 Which I really was surprised because yeah. I thought I might have. But right. Apparently, apparently not. not. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, it can be done. It can be a great hook depending on, on how it's done and how you work it into, like you said, the action. Right. Um. Yeah. Okay. So you were saying how you haven't started your novels with dialogue. I have started one of mine with it. Oh, which one? I did talk about it last week. Whenever we were talking about starting novels. Yeah. Um, it was, it's Aiden. So the one that I'm working on right now, and Aiden is the main character. And at the very beginning of the novel, the first sentence is dead bodies don't just get up and walk away. And Aiden is saying that. Is she saying it out loud? Yes. She's on the phone, which I say in the next. Okay. 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 So, you know, she's like, dead bodies don't get up and walk away. And she's saying it. And we know from that next sentence who she's talking to and why. See, and that's quite a hook right mm-hmm. there. Right. So I, I think it can be done. I don't know. You know, obviously, it's my it's my book. So I can't really speak to whether I do it well or not. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it was a fun way to start it. I have internal dialogue. I see. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But not external dialogue. Oh, like with freaking fairies, you know. Yeah. If, if I, I never, never see another yeah. freaking fairy for as long as I live, it'll be too soon. Right. You know, so that I have internal dialogue, but I have never started one with external dialogue. Yeah. Aiden, I do. And I enjoy it. So I'm going to keep it until it's an issue. Okay. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's next? Oh, too much action. Mm. And we did talk about this. We before. have talked about this a little bit. You know, that running scene where the knives are being thrown or the Shots are being, no, shots are not being gunned. The guns are being shot. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you want to think about it, I suppose. Um, you know, we have to care about the person who's being shot at or whatever. Yeah, if I don't know who's care. running, and I don't really care. Yeah. Like, why are you I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, maybe they're the bad guy. Right. Maybe we want them to get shot. We don't know. We have no idea yet. Right. So you've got to engage your reader, and action certainly is one way to do that, which we talked about in that other episode, but you have to pick it up at the right place within that action. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first scene needs to be grounded in context that's important to the story and draws you into the main character. It's all about the characters right. that you're talking and about. Right. And that's the key there. You know, we really want to make that connection with the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be too clouded if we open with, like, pure adrenaline where we're running from someone mm-hmm. or we're fighting somebody mm-hmm. and there's blood everywhere. You know, like, we don't we don't know why we care. Why do we care? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, oh, I was talking about this earlier. I think in following books, like in a series, like book two, book three, whatever, you can start with running or fighting scenes because I've seen it done and liked it. Yes. Um, as long as the main character is established already. Yeah. Uh, so I see, I've seen it with like first person books. Well, I mean, I can see with, uh, freaking fairies starting in the middle of action and the the reader automatically going, oh, Beck, what are you doing now? Yeah, exactly. Because you know, right. they already know Beck. They already know that she finds herself in these situations. Right. I think the one that I've seen it in uh, is a series that I just read, which was Jill Kismet. Um, and she's a hunter. So she like specifically goes out and hunts these people 
so one of the books starts with her hunting down, um, you know, a demon or whatever. Okay. Um, they're called Hellbreed. So she was like hunting down one of those. And it starts with that like fast paced scene, but we already know Jill. Okay. So like we already care about Jill. So I'm like, oh, okay, what's going to happen? Here? And this is apparently something she normally does. So right. we're already comfortable with her being in this kind of action. Scene. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next one to not do is an info dump. Yeah. So I have a problem with this. My first draft of freaking fairies was definitely an info dump. And um, I have a friend on Facebook. There's, we have a little writing group thing, writing critique group. And that was what her critique to me was. She's like, this reads like an info dump. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really? And so that helped me. So then I rewrote in my second draft, I jumped right into the action. And then I'm like, hmm this is too close. This, it was the knife throwing thing. And we're like, who gives a crap? This girl's having knives thrown at her. Right. Right. So I'm like Goldilocks trying to find the, the what's just right. Yeah, exactly. Um, That sweet spot. And it's not easy. No, no, it's not. I feel like it's, it's really difficult to look at a blank page and be like, where should I start this? Yeah. Um, And I feel like a lot of where you start ends up getting revised and rewrites and like that kind of thing. I think so too. Um, I mean, you know, our characters talk, to us all the way through and so to pick a point of where they're talking to us and figure out okay this is the beginning well right because they also tell us their backstory and like all that kind of stuff so it is very difficult to pick okay this is where you're going to actually start on the page yeah I, I think my tip for this coming from personal experience with writing is to take your time you know we're all excited about getting across all this information we want our readers to love these people as much as we love these people, but take your time to get that information across more organically. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, don't try to be so excited to tell them all about your character, um, but you don't want to overwhelm them or, yeah. or worse, bore them. I agree. I think that counts for the world you're building too, especially with like fantasy. Yeah, urban fantasy and fantasy, definitely. There's a lot of world building we have to do. And it is so tempting to just be like, okay, well, in this world, you there is no gravity. And, and it's so cool. And we're so excited about getting that point across to our readers. Right. You just have to step back and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Let's, let's let this in gradually. There's other, there's better ways to do this. Right. right. And, and I'm very guilty of that myself. Um, and don't forget your readers are smart. They're going to catch on to things That's without really good you point. having to spell them out. I mean, sometimes I read books and I'm like, this pisses me off that they're going, we all know this. Why are they telling me this? We figured this out two chapters ago. Right. And, you know, so there is a fine line. That's another sweet spot. We could probably do another episode on. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, your your readers are smart, so they're going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ways to get information out there that can be entertaining. It can be gradual. Also, I think it's just a really good point to remember as a reader, uh, speaking from my reading experience, um, I really enjoy just like the tease of information. You know, it's like they say something, you know, the main character makes a um, innuendo is not the right word, but oh, a reference to something that's happened in the past, you know, something that they want to get across about their backstory mm-hmm. or the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they move on to a different subject. And I'm like, wait, but, but wait, wait. <laughs> and so now I'm caught, you know, I'm turning pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think uh, that's a really good thing to keep in mind is we as readers like to be curious and like to wonder and, what's and next we like to be teased yeah i mean that is part of what makes us turn those pages exactly 
Um, I remember at the writers conferences that we go to, like a lot of the agents on that panel, I know we've talked about it before on this mm-hmm. podcast, um, this panel of agents that would say, oh, I would stop reading this submission at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them would stop and point out, hey, this was an info dump. So just so you be aware that you're just telling a lot of information and that will get an agent to stop reading if that's the route of publication. And, you know, that's where it helps. We talked about beta readers and, and I guess we need to do an episode on alpha readers, but, oh, fair. you know, that is something that like my mine, I did not realize was an info dump until my critique partner was like, this is an info dump. And right. I was like, really? I think, you know, cause I, I always think about that and I'm like, wow, I should have caught that, but I am an alpha reader. Mm-hmm. So I, for you, I am an alpha reader. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's probably why I didn't really catch it at first. Cause I read chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That un- is unfortunate. I, I wish that we had no real jobs other than writing That'd be because fabulous. it would be easier, but, but, you know, I'll write a chapter and send it to you. And then I won't write another chapter for six weeks. And then I'll send that to you. And by, by then it's hard to be an alpha reader. Yeah. Which I have just recently started. I mean, recently within the past few years started just writing my books and then sending them to you. Yeah. See, and I'm still, I have Louie and Delaney that I haven't read because it's easier to read a chapter at a time with, when we have real jobs on the side. Right. Right. And so it's overwhelming to go, I've got this entire novel that I really want to read, but I know I've got court next week. And I right. you know how am I going to, because when I read, I want to be able to immerse myself in that world yep. and not come out. Right. And so I don't want to have to be, oh crap, I got chaos court <laughs> next week. I have to go. For, sorry, judge. I didn't prepare for court because I was reading Louie and Delaney. I mean, that's I not like, going to fly. I like your own impression of yourself. <laughs> That's my impression of myself after however many drinks I've had. (laughs) It was very good. Um, But yeah, I think when it comes to the beginning of a novel, there's, you know, like you were saying with Goldilocks, there's a sweet spot. There's like somewhere in there and you can mix a lot of different techniques to begin a story. Mm -hmm. um, And you just got to find that balance where you start your novel. Mm -hmm. You know, granted, we've talked about here all the rules. There's also ways to break all of them. Yeah. And and I, I think that, I, I don't like rules. I've never liked rules. I, so I the think, lawyer. I know, right? I'm a <laughs> lawyer. How does that how does that work? But they're they're general guidelines mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you have to use with common sense for what works with your book. Don't break the law, y'all. Don't break the law. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what she said. But that's all I've got. And I know there's a whole bunch more, so we may even do a second episode on what rules there are for beginning stories that deal with other things there's I mean we could do a whole episode on how to write a dream in a story because you know it gets done Mm -hmm. um and there are definitely ways to do it where Mm -hmm. it's interesting and engaging and relevant and plot prophecies yeah we could do a whole episode just on prophecies you know we could I feel like we come up with all of these ideas and then forget them I know you all have to remind (laughs) us so when we say one that you're all like yeah that's interested in email us so that we'll remember we said it yeah yeah because we're on episode 70 now so we don't remember yeah no we don't um I do have an interview question for you okay have you broken any of these rules before I've kind of answered this question well Um, I I kind of have two as far as freaking fairies I broke two of them in my first two drafts you know the info dump that's true. That's true. And then jumping too soon. So I have not found that sweet spot yet. I'm close. Right. I'm going to find the sweet spot 
Um, but I went through and was looking at all my other books and none of these particular ones were other than if, if dialogue means internal dialogue, I use internal dialogue a lot. I think potentially it could count. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think dialogue in this situation probably does, uh, you know, point more towards large conversation, like conversation that, you know, there's no context with. Yeah, because internal dialogue brings you, you're already, you're in that character. It's the character. So that right. does already give Especially you, with a first person mm -hmm. Which novel. we tend to write. Right. Yes, yes, right. true. Um, yeah, and then obviously I've broken this rule with Aiden. Uh, yeah, because she's talking on the phone, which is an excellent way to break that rule. I hope so. I um, think so. Yeah, I hope so. I think it's a really fun way to start the novel, especially because it adheres to the plot. Um, adheres was probably not the right word, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, but it, it does lend to the plot. How about that? OK. Um, of the overall novel. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, that I think line it's, it's is potentially decent. huge for your novel. Yes. Yeah, it is. So I think it's perfect. Cool. So there are definitely ways. And, and if you sound them out and reason them out, then yeah, break that rule. Absolutely. Break yeah. the rule. Absolutely. Uh, I also have a sentence challenge for any of you who want to do the sentence challenges. Jen. You know, other people might do it. They just might not send it to us. And I think send it to us. We would love to read it. But if you're not comfortable with sharing, and that's fine. Just have fun with that's it. Because um, I started doing these sentences forever ago. It's what started Louie and Delaney uh, as a novel. So you know, go for it. Um, but we will uh, enjoy reading them. Um, but the sentence challenge for this week is I never listen to authority. Ooh, that's a good one. I try to make it related to. I do. Episode. I like that. Yeah. The rules and all that. Yeah. But don't break the law. But don't break the law. Your characters <laughs> can break the law. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, we're obviously traveling for those that are watching us. We're in the same room that we were before. And you yep. can probably hear the people outside doing lawn work probably um but we we should be back home before our next episode probably i think so i think so um but thank you come check us out at our website www.eatdrinkwritepodcast.com go to our patreon which is www.patreon.com slash edw yep. come support us we would appreciate it and I guess we will see you next time. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening.